Welcome to episode 77 of the Poolside Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Anthony, and I recently, as in 10 seconds ago, coined my little tip section of this podcast, Hot Tip Tuesday, which is very unoriginal. However, I still like it, so I'm going to use it. But then I realized that I actually don't have a hot tip for you today on this Tuesday. Um, I mostly just wanted to promote myself uh, and other things that I do on the internet. Um, I have decided to not do as many solo podcast episodes um, and I have switched that over to IGTV episodes that are called Coffee Conversations in the Car, which are shorter than my podcast episodes were, mostly because I cannot ramble as much as I do on podcasts by myself. Um, but they come out every Friday on Poolside Digital's Instagram and they are just a like five to 10 minute short rant or opinion about something related to marketing or social media or any of the above. And I've enjoyed them. I've got great feedback on them. So I just wanted to share that with you in case you have not seen them, which means you're not following me on Instagram. So head over to Instagram and check out Coffee Conversations in the car. Um, I also wanted to remind you, tell you again, if you didn't hear on, I think it was like two episodes ago, that I am doing a new thing where if you leave me a rating and review on iTunes for the podcast, um, I'm going to choose a winner once a month for a $25 Starbucks gift card, which I will just send to your email. So it's super easy. Um, if you do a favor for me, then I will pick someone and do a favor for you in a Starbucks gift card. Um, that would be great. Fully appreciate it. Um, and then I also wanted to say, sorry for all these like housekeeping things, but um, if you have someone who you think would be great on this podcast or if you would be great on this podcast, um, please send me an email at rachel at poolsidedigital.ca and let me know. I'm always looking for new guests and I just wanted to put it out there because there are tons of cool people doing cool things that I might not have access to. So let me know, send me an email, and that's all I have to say for you today. So today's interview guest um, is a little bit different than usual. His name is Joey, and he is the founder of Wednesday Co., which is a condom company. I have never had a sexual health industry or business or anything really related on this podcast. So I'm excited to expand the topics that we're talking about on this podcast. Um, his goal with Wednesday Co. was to create an accessible, affordable product that was marketed to everyone, regardless of race, age, gender, body type, and sexual orientation. Joey shares his journey on why he started Wednesday Co., the problems that he saw and how sex products uh, specifically condoms, were being advertised and how Wednesday Co. is different from the big, bo big box brands. And I'm sure you have noticed, or maybe you haven't noticed, I can't really say I was aware of this, um, which would just be ignorance on my part from being a heterosexual female, but I didn't really take into consideration the types of ads that companies were putting out for condoms um, and how like bro cultural heterosexual they were um so we do talk about that and how joey built his brand and how he is making a difference in this industry which is awesome he talks about 
um, the process of building the brand, the contractors that he had hired, and the lessons he's learned along the way. He also talks about giving back and why Wednesday Co. is so focused on providing inclusivity when it comes to these products, as well as the charity aspect and supporting people of all races, ages, genders, everything. So this was great. Um, Joey was awesome. And I think you'll find it very interesting. So let's get into it. Here is Joey. Welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting here with Joey from Wednesday Co. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Do you want to start with introducing yourself and two fun facts? That's why I like to get sure. the ice yeah. uh, So my name is Joey Parlow. Um, fun fact, the major fun fact is I own a condom company. I think that's one of the funnest facts you probably have. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> um, second fun fact, I have a severe peanut allergy, but one of my favorite foods is like pistachios, pecans, and all other forms of nuts, which is a bit... Sounds risky. Contradictory, but <laughs> <laughs> love them. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's Peanut allergies always intrigue me because I don't have a peanut allergy, so I didn't realize that people could be like allergic to peanuts, but not yeah. the other nuts. Yeah. So interesting. It's because of the legume versus tree nut family. Um, so cool with the tree nuts, just the legumes I got to be careful with. Gotcha. There's a fun fact for everybody yeah. about peanut allergies. <laughs> um, and so you're currently in school. Yeah. What are you taking in school? I, for the first year, I was just kind of in open studies and then last year I moved into just general business and then this year I'm going into international business. Okay. Um, and what did you initially want to be when you grew up? I had a lot of different thoughts. Um, I kind of leaned towards, there's different sports I did. Every, you know, I did everything from ballet to hockey and eventually landed on equestrian show jumping for the majority of my life. And so that was a bit of a goal. And then from there, when I kind of, I decided to take a different path, it went into maybe I want to be a doctor. Then I went to fashion school and it was maybe I want to be a fashion designer. And then from there, I was kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'll go back to business school. And then the end result there, my thought was probably going to be law school. I didn't really envision all this other stuff happening, but law school was kind of going to be my fallback. Right. Which is an interesting fallback. But, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> and is that still your like goal? Or have you kind of, I mean, we'll get into like what you're doing right now, but yeah. is that kind of still like where you're headed in school? Or are you now you're focusing on business? Right now I'm focusing on business. I think through this process of building this company, I've really kind of found my niche and I love kind of being an entrepreneur and I love kind of all the anxiety and stress that comes <laughs> with that and kind of starting your own company from scratch. Like I love that creation bit, which I think stems from my creative background in fashion design. So I think this is the path I want. It depends on, you know, how these businesses turn out and future ideas and future ventures but right i mean you can always be a lawyer later yeah well. <laughs> some background yeah exactly if need be yeah exactly you need a backup yeah. <laughs> lawyer is a great option mm -hmm. um and so do you want to talk to us about what wednesday co is why you started it how you started it sure the whole process try to condense the story a little bit um so yeah wednesday co is a condom company um we do offer a subscription um, big part of our business model is the subscription business, um, but within the next couple of weeks, we will be offering one-time purchases. 
in the bigger picture, Wednesday Co. is an all-inclusive and equality-forward brand. Um, that was a big thing. When I first came up with the idea of a subscription condom company, and our general condom company, I started doing a lot of research. And in that, there was a lot of red flags and kind of holes that I, just ignore that pun, um, <laughs> um, came across. And a lot of those being marketing issues along the lines of limited representation as far as race, gender, sexuality, uber limited actually, because condoms are really only marketed towards straight white cis males. Um, and still a bit of that bro culture really surrounds the industry. Uh, aside from that, there's the odd condom that's directed at women, but it's a bit of that pink washing, pink tax situation where it's more expensive and has some sort of gimmick that's supposed to make it more female friendly. But aside from that, there was no one really out there supporting the minorities and in a way that really pushed the envelope and wasn't just a neutral message of we're here, we don't really care what you do or whatever, we're just a condom, but we're not really gonna reach out or do anything in any positive light aside from just being silent. Right, and so then you decided to start your own company. Yeah. So what was, what was like the first, how do you even yeah. <laughs> do that? <laughs> like yeah. what was the first steps you took? So the first steps, it started with a lot of Googling. I, you know, research, um, then sort of, you know, just first thought was, okay, find a manufacturer. Google, 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 like 2 a.m. phone calls to China and Malaysia, Germany, UK, just talking to people, trying to figure out who does what and all the things that are behind that, which took, I would say the majority of the time, just nailing down the right manufacturer was a task, um, especially because condoms are considered medical devices. So they're regulated by all different sorts of government bodies in each country and each country has their own standards of production and testing, et cetera, that you have to go through. So finding a manufacturer that fit the market that I wanted to sell in was quite difficult. Um, and then from there, having to go into the kind of rabbit hole of government agencies and applying for licenses. And that was probably the second biggest thing that took the most amount of time. And did you know anything about any of this before you started? No, it was all no, just research as you were going? All research, kind of learn on the go, fly by the seat of my pants kind of thing. And Right. And where did you end up picking for a manufacturer? Yeah, so my manufacturer is located in Malaysia. Um, they're the largest manufacturer in the world. Because um, the biggest thing for me was also combining the capabilities and the specific features that I wanted, but also having the highest quality product that I could find. And you know, that added to the time frame and why it took so long. But that's where I eventually landed, luckily. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you have yeah. one, which is awesome. Yeah. Did you ever go out there to no. see it, or do you just have to get samples and like? Yeah, it was a, a lot of back and forth, a lot of emailing. They have an uh, intermediary, intermediary body in the States that I kind of worked with um but yeah just a lot of emails a lot of phone calls and samples and organizing branding teams and design teams with their teams and regulatory consultants and bodies and all that stuff 
Wow. <laughs> and what was your like checklist of things that you needed to have when you like picked the manufacturer, found a product you wanted? What was really what you were going for, like specifically? Specifically, when I was looking for my manufacturer, one, I wanted someone who could produce a very high quality product relatively quickly. I wanted someone who was relatively flexible as far as my design choices because I wanted to create something that wasn't visually in the industry currently. You know, pulling new colors, new dimensions, um, that sort of stuff. Finding the right person who was willing to do that, especially for a small private label, um, was difficult and was put a major on my checklist. The other thing I wanted was someone who was small enough that I could communicate well with them, yet had the capability to grow with me and would have the eventual capability if I expanded to other markets to handle all that regulatory stuff, say in Europe or Australia or wherever. Right. That makes sense. Which I think is very like forward thinking of you because I feel like a lot of people start businesses and they're just like, I'm just going to get this and it's going to be me and I'm going to do everything. And then once they need to expand, then they like hit a yeah. wall sometimes because yeah. they'd never thought about it. So it's very interesting that you are thinking like way past, like just like this moment, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, before we really get into like about how you picked everything, um, sex is really awkward. I feel still mm -hmm. there's like a stigma behind talking about sex and condoms and I feel like no one really talks about it. So how are you making it more like approachable discussion yeah so that's that's a big part of the brand um even in our logo you know the ease of racing each other to kind of induce that idea of a conversation um the speech bubble you know being at the end of our logo is really about that communication level and you're right i think as i did that research and as i started talking to people i realized that people really weren't aside from the manufacturers we deal with this right. day in day out people really struggle to kind of get the right words together and you know you start talking about sex um, again outside of bro capacity and you bring in things like the LGBTQ community or women's sexual pleasure and that sort of stuff and people just shut down so that was a big I think light bulb moment and driving factor as to why it was like you know I need to put out a product but put out a message that can get that ball rolling. You know, so the big thing that we're trying to do right now is kind of integrate within the local LGBTQ plus community to really start those conversations, whether that's being a part of different events and different talks, um, sponsoring, kind of really any sort of event that could just get people talking, whether that's something during Pride, whether that's, we did one recently in Vancouver with girls who say fuck, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word on here, okay. but yes. <laughs> that is like, uh, girls who say fuck and the Bad Academy. Um, it was all about sex re-education and they brought in people to kind of get that conversation going. So they had a sex worker come in and they had a sex educator come in and kind of reintroduce women to the idea of pleasure and talking openly about sex. Um, so little things like that. Um, the other thing, you know, that we love doing is coming on podcasts like this to, for me as the founder to kind of talk myself about, I don't know, sex, 
condoms, lubricants, whatever you got from me, I'm pretty comfortable talking <laughs> about it. So right. just little ways. And then as we grow, the goal is to, you know, even sponsor or start more sort of forums or seminars and things like that to get the ball rolling. Right. Yeah. And make the conversations more public. Yeah. Because I feel like everyone just like whispers to themselves kind of, yeah. you know, and no one really wants to like give an opinion or have an opinion or say something that isn't in mainstream media, I guess. Um, and Wednesday Co. is it, I've seen your branding and I've seen your yeah. website, but yeah. do you want to explain where the name come, came from? Yeah. So Wednesday Co. Um, is kind of, it was a combination of a lot of things. When I started the brand, I wanted something again, that was different from the pack. Like I wanted something that wasn't over-sexualized. I didn't want a name that was super sexy or promoted this, you know, keywords that are currently used like fire and passion and intense and heat or whatever, things that were black or red or silver. I, I wanted something that was one different, two sort of fun and three relatable and a bit more approachable. Um, instead of, I won't mention any brand names, but there's a lot of weird. Yeah, I'm sure everyone can picture that. <laughs> I, think, I think you can think of the ones I'm talking about. Yeah. But, um, so I wanted something fun and I won't take credit for naming the company myself. I have a very good branding team behind me, um, who eventually came up with the name. But so Wednesday, as most people know, in the middle of the week is hump day. Um, so there's a bit of that fun connection behind it and, it's simple, it's easy, it's everything I want. Right, and it keeps it light. And yeah. I think that really ties together what you're trying to do is just make it all, like everything comes to the surface, it's fun, it's light, we can talk about it. You can have like the packaging yeah. because it's not like an awkward like logo or something. You know, thing, like you said, you don't want it to be like this weird like sexy package that you're just like, mm -hmm. oh God, like hopefully yeah. nobody sees this. And the name in itself, like we are right now, is a bit of a conversation topic that when people see it for the first time, oh, Wednesday, hump day, oh, that's so funny. And they go and they tell a friend about it, or I had a meeting yesterday, and um, the woman I was meeting with was like, oh, the name, I think that's so great. Like, it took me a second, but then when I realized it was so great, and, you know, I talked to her colleagues about it. And so even simple little things like that that have caused this kind of spiral. Right, yeah, which is so smart, um, and I feel like isn't happening in the space really right now, which obviously is why you're doing this. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of touched upon it when you started, but do you want to just talk about how Wednesday Co. is different from the big brands and some of the problems that you see in the way they're advertising um, specifically? Yeah. If you have examples or... So Wednesday Co. is different because, you know, inclusivity and equality has been a value of ours since day one. It's not, you know, during Pride, the traditional Pride Month of June, you know, we didn't splash rainbow flags everywhere because it's our brand you know it's pride 365 24 7 and i think the thing that i found with the big box names um is that you know they promote pride uh during pride month in hopes that that gains them enough goodwill for the rest of the year when in fact in my opinion and a lot of other people's opinion it doesn't and, you know, it falls into the category of pinkwashing, which is a big problem. And that's probably the key differentiating factor, aside from all the other benefits that we try to talk about and get out there, like the 10% we give to charity every month. Um, 
and then the physical attributes of the product that you know it doesn't really look like condoms as you kind of pointed out it's different it's more fun and playful um, all those things together kind of make us the odd man out but we're really happy about that right and have you found that you've had good feedback and like you said people are now talking about it because it's an easy name to like talk about but have you found that it's been an easy transition into the market um, based on all of that that you put together yeah based off of you know everyone that I've even personally spoken to influencers from all over Canada and the United States everyone as soon as they either get the product in their hands take a look at our site and get a real feel for the message they really jump on board and they kind of something clicks and they go oh yeah there is problems in that industry there is no one else talking about it this is so amazing i'm happy to like do whatever you want because i love what you're trying to do so that that has been a constant and kind of everyone's feedback thus far yeah which is awesome and i think now's a good time i feel like we're going through like a transition of like open communication and with the lgbtq community and calgary like it's pride right now so yeah. it's and like obviously that's an easy the summer is an easy way to launch into it that way mm -hmm. um but i think even on social media and everything people are now being much more open about talking about things that yeah. aren't being talked about especially when it comes to advertising in big brands because like you said i feel like they, tr they just use pride as like a marketing tool yeah. so that it becomes like trending when everyone else is talking about it. Yeah. Um, which I think people also need to become aware yeah. of how big brands are advertising things. Um, and so, I mean, this is might be kind of like an obvious question, but just so you can talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, why was it so important for you, for your brand to be inclusive? Um, so it was super important for me because, you know, while I was doing the research, um, all this stuff stood out to me because I identify as queer. So being a member of the LGBTQ community, I instantly was like, oh, there's nothing that even relates to me. There's nothing I feel aligns with me. Um, I wouldn't really know what to purchase if I walked into the store. I usually like to purchase products that I feel some sort of connection with, whether that's the design of it, or if it's the morals behind the company. Um, so not having any of that was a big driving force and was kind of like, again, light bulb, oh, shit. And then when I talked to people, it was kind of like, oh yeah, I really feel the same way. And, you know, we've done some interviews here and there and um, are working on some videos ourselves. And everyone that we interviewed was, you know, right on board with, yeah, there's nothing really that pushes the envelope and there's nothing that visually connects with us and there's nothing that really, you know, maybe we don't feel completely left out, but we don't feel represented. Right. That's a big word. Right. Yeah. And have you, on the other side of that, have you had any, like, pushback? Because we obviously still live in a very, like, conservative yeah. society who like, people don't want to talk about these types of things have you found yeah. any of that as you're going it's been it's been tricky enough to get the word out there just being a new company i think there's been a bit of pushback here and there um not so much verbal there hasn't i've been very lucky not on wood that there hasn't been any kind of hate messages sent or any sort of that i'm sure it'll come down the road 
um, because we're not really in the public eye too much yet. Um, yeah, I guess you want to get big enough so yeah. that you do have. I mean, at that point, you know, <laughs> if we're big enough and we're getting all this hate mail, you know, you just got to brush it off. Totally. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not promoting that, and mm-hmm. I think those little things are actually more hurtful than any sort of big outcries. It's just you know, or simple things like the defacing of those um, pride and trans like. Mm-hmm sidewalks here in Calgary like even those little things are almost like the small cuts that start to add up so that sort of stuff is annoying but hopefully once you get big enough it's a bit of a okay we gotcha it's fine you don't like me you don't like you don't like my product you don't like the message don't buy it right and that's kind of been my attitude since day one yeah which is awesome and like there's enough people out there wanting to support that I don't think like that that's even an issue Um, and you did touch upon it. Um, why did you decide to have a charity again, kind of a yeah. like simple question, but, yeah. uh, do you want to just explain yeah. how you decided to include a charity part yeah. of it? I, I grew up in a household where charity was a big thing, always giving back in any way that you can was a value that was kind of ingrained in me. So when I started the company, um, especially with the message that it has, I wanted it to do more than just be a money generator. I wanted it to really give back to the community, not just, you know, sponsor talks or be involved in different events or pride just to get sales floating in, you know, a slightly more authentic pinkwashing because, you know, I'm gay. So that piece is slightly removed, but I wanted it to really be authentic and having that charity aspect, I think really locks it in. Um, personally, it makes me feel good. Um, and I think where we are in society today, as you kind of pointed out, that having a good community vision and um, I just forgot the business term when I'm in business school, but uh, kind of a charity outreach piece to your company is you, you have to have it. And I think it's Something also that I look for, again, in products when I'm purchasing that, oh, does this give back in some way? Is this free trade? Is there some sort of piece that does something better than just it being a little condom, you know, that I'm going to throw away after 20 minutes? Right. Yeah, I actually just interviewed the owner of Swizzle Sticks, and we were talking about that, and she was like, if you're going to start a business, you should even have the charity aspect first. Like, think about that, and then have your, like, that should always be a part of a business nowadays because like you said it needs to be a little bit deeper than just whatever product you're selling consumers are getting smarter and they're starting to actually think about the planet they're starting to think outside themselves and so the product really has to be more than just a physical thing in all senses of that word totally (laughs) totally and is it a different charity every month or is it one charity how do you decide right now um we have been doing kind of every two months giving the charities kind of a two-month time span our first two months um was rainbow railroad um which i don't know too much about them no No. they um kind of it's in the name but they go into countries where it's illegal to be lgbtq plus and they give people the tools they need in order to leave those situations and come to countries like Canada, the United 
States, United Kingdom, to kind of set them up and give them a new life. Cool. Yeah, so that was our first one. Um, and then our charities, we've kind of been choosing them based off of emails that are sent in. People can suggest charities through our website and info at Wednesdaygo.com. Um, and then we've been kind of trying to match that with if certain months have themes. Um, so coming into August, which is Sexual Health Awareness Month, obviously a good fit for my product. Um, kind of once we dug through kind of all the suggestions, we landed on Action Canada. Um, so that's our current charity right now for the month of August, September. Um, moving forward, just to give our charities a bit more of a grasp and for the public to get a bit more involved. We are potentially going to be doing it every quarter. Um, yet to be announced, but yeah. you, <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, again, so it's a pretty simple process. Um, you got to weed through a lot of the charities. Listeners can't see that I'm putting air quotations around that, but the charities out there that aren't really doing what they should be doing. Um, but the process has been pretty simple. And again, um, are the best thing for us is that we have had people kind of reach out and say, hey, like, this is a great charity. You should look into that more. This is a charity that I support. Would you mind talking with me? Or, you know, so through this, I guess I encourage your listeners to reach out. And if they have a charity that's close to their hearts, um, aligns with the LGBT plus community, obviously, in some way, um, then definitely hit us up and we'll take a look. Yeah, well, yeah, and the more people that hear about you and as soon as you, like, once your brand really reaches tons of people, I'm sure you'll get tons of options to choose from. <laughs> um, a little bit about the business. So when did you launch? Was it a few months June ago? 12th. June 12th. That's my fiance. <laughs> um, uh, I know it's been a short period of time, but is there any, like, major business lessons that you've learned along the way, even just, like, starting it up and now that you've been, like, running yeah, um, combination of business and kind of life lessons. I think I am a natural perfectionist. Um, so learning that you really can't have it all in all aspects of your life was a big one. Um, and same with building the business. I think I've, I've always been good at having a very strong vision um, and opinion. And so while growing this, I realized, you know, everything is going to go my way and sometimes I have to be a little bit more flexible so I think in the last year and a half that I built the business I have become a lot more lax a little bit lax in, <laughs> in what I expect from people and what I know is possible and what people are capable of I think was a big one um, other things I think you know it's pretty common stuff. You have to really roll with the punches, I think, as little things come up and they will and they constantly will. As I mentioned before we started the podcast, you know, little things just here and there will be a constant. And I think I've realized again to just take a deep breath and figure it out. It's not the end of the world. Every little thing is not tragedy. And no matter what, if you do have the drive, you can make something happen. So we just gotta keep pushing. I love it. I think that's a very like entrepreneurial lessons there <laughs> <laughs> that everyone wants to control everything. There's a lot of things that come up 
So I think that's just a learning process in itself, yeah. you know, is how to deal with all of those things. And if you're, you have to adjust your personality sometimes too. To, yeah. Like I've learned the same thing. So <laughs> I'm definitely still learning. It's still a learning process, definitely. Um, these are just kind of things that I'm in the process of learning. Totally. Yeah. When I feel like it never, I feel like there's no one, especially an entrepreneur, that gets to a point where they're like, I know everything. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> that would take it's, the yeah. fun away from it. Especially really. as you venture into new businesses or different industries, like you're always going to be learning. And that's part of the reason I love this so much and why I want this to be my kind of life and the lawyer thing is kind of <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. It's the line that I use when I feel like you know, when I'm just like in a social setting and I don't want to talk about myself too much or what I'm doing personally. People are like, oh, what do you do? What I'm like, oh, I'm in business school. Or people are like, oh, what's your end goal? I'm like law school, whatever goal. Like, totally. It's it's kind of the cover. Right. And that's the cover I did like the last year and a half. I kind of kept it on the down low, pretty hardcore. And that was my cover. Right. Well, secrets out. Yeah. You're not a lawyer. You're not <laughs> becoming a lawyer. <laughs> you're not a lawyer. Don't really want to go to law school. Um, no offense to all the lawyers out there. Yeah. Love you. Yeah, you're yeah. great. <laughs> You've been a big help in my <laughs> building my company. Shout out to my lawyer, yeah. Lucas. Probably, I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but shout out to you. Thanks. Yeah, we need, we need lawyers to help our businesses run. <laughs> um, and going off of that, what's your like long-term goal for... Wednesday Co. My long-term goal for Wednesday Co. is I would like to see it expand into kind of an overarching sexual wellness brand. Um, you know, condoms is really just our first product. Um, I want Wednesday Co. to become a pretty solid brand in other parts of the industry, whether that's lubricants, toys, um, whatever, really. You know, maybe it'll turn into a bit of body care stuff. Um, that's kind of my future goals is to grow this into a solid brand. And, you know, when I do interviews like this, it's kind of gone from, oh, it's a condom company to, oh, it's a healthcare company or something else to have it evolve kind of like a Pokemon from a basic <laughs> level. I don't know too much about Pokemon, so it's a bad analogy, but like that basic level Pikachu to whatever his bigger body self is. Yeah. I think we all understand yeah. kind of how the... the... <laughs> Pokemon world works. <laughs> um, and well, we mentioned it before that you've set up your branding that way. That you've really set up this whole business too. Like you're not called like Wednesday condoms or something. You yeah. know, you can, you could be anything really, um, which is obviously why you did it and why your branding is this way, but um, super smart. And was there any like tools or resources that really helped you besides Google really helped you along the way or like podcasts or books that stood out to you? Um, some people aren't like book or podcast people, but I'm not one of those people. I there was a couple books that were forced upon me early on <laughs> that I read um, just to satisfy those people, and it, I don't know if I really learned any lessons from them. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, I kind of I got it in my head, and I've always been this person that can kind of see it, want it, get it done. Like it's kind of. I didn't really have the time to read a book. I just went, okay, I have this idea. I think it's great. Some other people think it's great. You know, let's give it a try and let's go for it. Right. And just like learn as you go. Have you had like mentors or like people that have helped you in that aspect? Yeah. I um, am very lucky to uh, have some, my, well, my best friends actually are quite a bit older than me. Um, and 
they're not so much, I'd say, in the business world, but they just were and are such great supports for me and sounding boards. Um, I'm also very lucky to have an entrepreneurial family. Um, my dad has been an entrepreneur his whole life and you know been involved in many different businesses and uh, industries. So I kind of I grew up with that and I grew up with the lingo and you know seeing the ups and downs and that sort of stuff. So I was kind of placed in this from the get-go and having I was I'm very lucky to have a great circle around me that maybe they're not you know hardcore business people like I don't know Bethany Frankel's a woman I love and think is great um, but they have other pieces that bring out those pieces in me so right kind of but I feel like that's even more important really because you can hire people to yeah. do the like actual business things or whatever you need so I feel like a lot of people don't even have like a support system when they have an yeah. idea that most people are like, that's stupid. That's, like, that's the big, that, that honestly, you're right, is the biggest thing. I mean, just from my own experience, I think entrepreneurs are complete self-doubters. Like I am constantly like, oh no, like I, I don't know if I can do this or I don't really know, I don't know how I feel about this or maybe I made a mistake here or there or whatever. So having a team behind you that isn't part of the business, but they really, amp you up and give you that confidence I think is super important and another big I don't know tip I'm not gonna preach in any way but if there are people in your life who are kind of naysayers you have to get away from that or you will not succeed because it will get in your head no matter who you are I don't care it will get in your head and it'll eat away at you so that's one piece I can give that yeah the most important thing to me was having is having those relationships and you know having those people to support me no matter what totally no i think that's that's awesome it's a huge part and if you're taking this seriously and if you want a business to be successful seriously then you have to like look at the rest of your life and tailor it to that um and that is really all the questions we have time for yeah. but where can people find you connect with you connect with wednesday co yeah so you can check out our instagram which is wed.co um our website is wednesdayco.com which is probably the best resource for contacting us through our email addresses um although we are good about answering dms it's a big thing for me is customer service and relations so do you run instagram so people dm is it you um it's kind of 50 50 it's a mix yeah. i i again am a perfectionist and a bit of a control freak so <laughs> i i'm never not involved in something or in every aspect of the company so i do check it often myself um but yeah it's a pretty simple way to get a hold of us and again the web it's the best resource for more information about the products although again if you have any questions don't hesitate to reach out via instagram email or facebook messenger Cool. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. This is the first common company that has been on here, so <laughs> thank <laughs> awesome. you so much for taking a chance on me. <laughs>